Hi, this is Sierra McCormick from the Vast of Night, and you're listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box. Hey, everybody, it's Gabe from Thinking Outside the Long Box with another interview episode for you guys. Today, we are on the line with Brandon Keegan, Keenan, of course, I butcher the normal name, and uh, Nick, <laughs> now I'm fumbling over it, Lamontia. Uh, they are from the movie Body Farm. Uh, Brandon, he wrote and directed it. Nick plays Ashton. Brandon plays Eric. Guys, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> doing well. Doing quite well. Nice. So I guess my first question, um, so I've reviewed this for Thinking Outside the Long Box, and I reviewed it for for my thing too. And the one thing that I find people stumble on is the idea of a body farm. Uh, So I know why I'm familiar with it. How did you guys become familiar with, like, the concept of a body farm? I, I think that I, I'm the one that kind of bring the, you know, brought this all over to to Nick and and made it all come you know come about him and I coming together with it. But I I read up on on body farms. This was probably back in 2007 or 2008 when I first started really getting into writing. And I had someone come to me and tell me, you know, there's these things called body farms. And I'm like, yeah, right. There's, you're telling me there's facilities where people study human decomposition. Like, no, it's a serious facility and they, they really do. And they put bodies in, you know, real life situations and they study them, break them down. And, and it is a huge, huge help for forensics. And so I started doing some researching. Uh, sure enough, in Tennessee, there is one, I believe it's by the University of Tennessee. And that's where I kind of got my idea from it. There was some, um, articles and things like that that have been written. And I thought to myself, you know, this, this really could be, uh, you know, something to center a horror film around. But also whenever I was reading up on it, I'm like, I want to do justice to what a real body farm is. I don't Mm want to, you know, make people think that a a body farm is just this, you know, killing plaza where, you know, people are just getting slaughtered. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of gives you the backstory as to where I did my research when I was younger. Uh, And I say that because it's been, 14, well, let me see here, 2000, yeah, 14 years, I guess, since then. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's pretty much where it came from. So when you're, when you're working with this concept of, of the body farm, like, and what's amazing is like, you know, I read about it in a book, like probably around the same time period, like 2009, 2010, something like that. Even explaining it to the guys on the show today they were like, no, that's not a thing. <laughs> that's dumb. It's like, no, that's like a thing. Like, I thought that was pretty crazy uh, that people are still incredulous about it. The other part that's crazy, though, is the prison attached to the body farm. Uh, wall of dubious legality. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely an interesting idea. Like... <laughs> How did how did you get to that point where you're just like you know what just give the body farm a prison because this will be fun? <laughs> um, Nick, do you you want to elaborate more on it? Yeah, so I guess when Brandon was developing this story before he brought it to me as co-director or producer with him, uh, one of the big things that he wanted to do is 
really meld these two different stories. So we have the body farm that conducts the research. And then Brandon, you had, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, you had done additional research, come across some news articles on a prison facility in Asia somewhere that was doing research on death row inmates. And so taking those two concepts together seemed like a natural marriage for us. Let's be honest. <laughs> that is that is correct though. Yes, that, that's pretty much where it kind of, brought that together there and, and, you know, made it into one good, you know, one story that could work. Um, there's something about prisons, you know, and being locked behind bars. Uh, I've never been to prison and I hope I never am. Um, but there are many people that have, and they know that life when those prison bars close. And I wanted to put that together in a film. And I, we luck of the draw where we shot was the West Virginia state penitentiary in Moundsville, West Virginia, but it did come together. It was, it's just, it, it works, you know, it, it, it does work. And we sort of explain that in the story a little bit more as well, but uh, yeah. So, you know, as I'm watching the movie, um, I'm a, I'm a big horror dork. Like, you know, I subscribe to Shudder. I'm a massive like nerd. I used to have like every issue of Rue Morgue until I had to sell them because one of my kids was sick, like that kind of crazy stuff, you know? So <clears throat> I, I have this problem where I try to like subclassify movies all the time. So like horror movies can't just be horror movies for me. I have to figure out like where they fall. And your your movie is like a is very much so like a suspense and like kind of a murder mystery movie, but it also has like a ton of elements of like torture porn to it where it's just like this these people trapped in the situation where they're just getting like mangled and shot and all that sort of stuff. And I see, you know, Jigsaw's doll behind you, so obviously, you know, that's not something that bothers you very much. Like, how do you try to create a film that uses, like, gore and practical effects and that's going to lean towards, like, that kind of viscera on, like, a lower budget? So, I guess, to me, there are kind of two questions there to unpack. The first is looking at the story. Um, So, when Brandon brought it to me, Brandon's a big horror buff. That's his genre. I've kind of, as a director, bounced between different genres and things like that. And so between like historical fiction and uh, sci-fi, different elements. So for me, it was finding an in. And when he brought me that first script, it was around 125 pages. But we knew, and this kind of gets to the second part of your question, the practicality on our budget of shooting 125 pages, we would have been shooting ourselves in the foot in terms of quality. Um, and we wanted to shoot the for the... 40 by 70 screen. Um, albeit it's on streaming networks. That was our goal to do it, to scale the best that we could with our budget. And so what we ended up doing was paring down the script and paring down the scenes. Brandon did a great job with that. Um, and really creating in my mind as a director to go off of your initial genre assessment, a rated R Scooby-Doo episode, uh, <laughs> And ultimately, it does balance between genres because for us, it wasn't straight, as it's been classified by a lot of people, torture porn. Uh, For us, that wasn't our goal. I mean, we wanted to create a bloody horror film. I mean, we had dozens of gallons of blood at one point and actors stuck to the floor uh, needing hot water to reactivate (laughs) the blood. Um, And for us, it was taking that horror element and telling a tight story and not just being about the blood. 
Right. A part of when you when you told the actor stuck to the floor right there, Brandon's face kind of had a did that happen? Like look on his face. <laughs> it was in basement. It, it sure did happen in my basement. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> we, when you're on a budget like we were, you you have to do the very best that you can with what you have to work with. Right. And there was times where we built three, I wouldn't say it was three sets total, one into Nick's basement, one in and two into my basement. And you, you, you do what's, what's best. Um, there's a scene in the film where, you know, again, yeah, we're, we're stuck to the floor in blood, you know, I mean, it is what it is. And we, we did our very best. Nick was able to direct as well. Um, while we're also acting and covered in, in, in blood and guts. Uh, but yeah, you hear the category of torture porn, um, you know, I, people, when they first hear those two words, it, it's a lot to, you know, stomach from someone that is not, uh, you know, a, a hardcore horror film, uh, you know, advocate and, and, and love watching you know, people that love watching those kind of, of films. But it, it does have elements of that. It has elements of drama. It has elements of psych thriller. Um, you know, Nick uses, you know, the term Scooby-Doo episode. And there are, there are times where it has that as well, I guess. I never really thought about it until it, it had been brought to my attention from Nick. So we, we have, uh, we, we have a whole different type of uh, many different genres, I guess you could say looped into one film. You know, it's interesting. Cause when I was talking about it in the review, like, it, it, you know, that's the way I described it was like soft core torture porn. Like it's got those elements, but it's like, not like so gross that like, I wouldn't care if like, one of my, you know, older kids watched it, you know, I would very much so care if one of my older kids was like, I just watched Cannibal Holocaust, you know, like that would be, (laughs) you know, I would be a little unnerved, but probably inevitable at some point. But when, when you're doing all this, you know, you're working on a super small budget, you're making things work. What was the, what was like the moment that you felt kind of the most, satisfaction out of that you're like holy crap we did this thing for like so nothing <laughs> nick, i i have my own but i'm sure nick's got his as well so we both yeah, go ahead I, nick i think for me overall it was utilizing locations to the best of their ability we turned a huge empty garage that we rented for a weekend into like four different medical facilities. But the ultimate thing, and I think this probably is Brandon, so I might be stealing your thunder, was the day we had about 45 crew people and extras and everybody at the prison. Uh, We were able to, we actually followed the Mindhunter series from Netflix into the Moundsville State Penitentiary. They left on Thursday. We came in on Sunday. And we had one day to shoot all of our prison scenes on a Sunday. And the cell block that they rented to us when we came into it, it's obviously set in the basement of the body farm, our director of photography and our camera team and the two of us look at it and we go and they're just 30 to 40 foot windows Mm. in front of the jail cells. So for us, it was taking that, it was very wide open for a cell block, artistically beautiful if we wanted to shoot that, but we needed (laughs) it in the basement. Uh, So the team really came together and they did a great job of making that into a basement. They literally tented off the entire cell block to make it very encapsulated and very tight. And for us, for me, my moment was there's a steady cam shot that pans when you're introduced to the prison, all of the prisoners it's in the trailer, I believe. 
And for me as a director and an actor, I got into my old college hockey coach mentality as I'm sprinting back and forth, trying to amp up the actors and the extras, getting them going. So one of those prisoners as loud as they possibly could be as they introduce our main actors into the prison. And so for me, that moment was like, shit, we are. Oh, sorry. (laughs) We are. You're fine. (laughs) Yeah. We we, like this moment, like you got those, like, as they say in Britain, goose pimples all over the place. That, That was, uh, that that was my moment as well when you when i walked in on set after seeing them tarp everything down and make you know putting all of the inmates in their um uh scrubs their orange scrubs and 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 hearing all the doors because it's still everything still works as far as the um what do you call that nick uh that there's actually a lever aspect of the prison still is functional yeah Yeah. all the doors close at the same time and it's like i remember I remember standing there and looking in and seeing all of the inmates lined up. And now after Nick would get them fired up in his hockey coach voice, you know, we, we would start the scene. But I remember thinking to myself, I wrote this in 2007 and here I am looking at it, you know, 2000, what would that would have been 17 or I can't remember. What yeah, it was, well, I think it was fall of 16 that shit. Yeah. So nine years later, I'm looking at it all, all come together. And as a filmmaker, knowing that we had that many people working that hard for that low of a budget. It's, it's the most rewarding feeling as a filmmaker, seeing your uh, written script come together uh, as a, as an actual movie that that was the most rewarding experience of my life by, by far, as far as film is concerned. That's awesome. What, what are some of the, what are some of the difficulties of like acting and directing kind of at the same time? Cause I feel like that, like I have a hard time focusing on like one thing at a time. So like, that seems like it would be kind of, kind of challenging. For me personally, uh, I, the, the hardest part is well, Nick and I work so well together as co-directors that we can, we work off of each other in that sense. So Nick can run behind the camera and take a look and see what things look like. I think if it was, if it was just me directing or just Nick directing, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, Nick, but I just know what it, you know, being able to act in it and direct, it made it easier because there was co-direction there. Nice. Yeah, that, that did make it easier. And I think one of the things that we've learned, we've been producing partners for with another fellow, John Gallagher, for 12, 13 years almost, is planning into the shoots. You know, working on such a tight budget. I mean, literally, Brandon and I would meet, we'd schedule the day with the actors and the crew, get everybody scheduled. Then he and I would meet, and then I would meet with our director of photography and our camera op. I'd call our sound designer, make sure he was on, everybody's all on the same page before we even showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would work with our one actor who actually was living with me for part of the time. So in terms <laughs> of rehearsal and things like that, um, those things were trying to be as prepped as possible. And then as far as acting, our core group of actors between myself, Brandon and Brett, uh, who played Zach in the film, Brett Hollibaugh, we've all known each other since middle school, pretty much. Nice. Um, so, so there's an innate chemistry in terms of our dialogue and where some things weren't written. Some things were just improvised because it just worked better in terms of in the moment, in the scene for us in terms of conversations. Um, as far as wearing multiple hats, uh, I was watching an interview recently with George Clooney and it made me reflect back on my own style and it's, you give everybody else a lot, but then when it comes to you, you're like, I'll just go last with my coverage. I'll go last with my coverage. I'll go last with my coverage. And then you realize you're like, well, I only need, uh, 
I only need like two takes. I got it. I'm fine. And then as he always said, Grant Heslov, his producing partner is always like, no, get another one. Those weren't good. Brandon and I would do that with each other and just be like, no, Nick, nah, you didn't get it. Well, why don't you get another one? Like, all right, I'll get Nick, another one. That's Nick's awesome. being really nice. There was, there were several takes. He just turned and looked, he goes, that was God awful. Can you do it again? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's cool that you guys have, have been like buddies for such a long time and then continue to work on this really big, this really big project. I kind of wish I would have known that beforehand. I would have had, uh, 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 Dang it. You said his name just now. Brett. Brett uh, I can't say his last name. Hollabaugh. Hollabaugh. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> he He's the guy that uh, has the, the, the fear poops, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like that made me chuckle every time because there's no joke like a poop joke. So <laughs> that was solely, Brandon, and correct me if I'm wrong, that was solely one improv in one scene. Yeah. And just carried it through the film. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you're 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 working with your buddies. You're you're you guys are creating this movie. You know, you've you've made it. It's been out. It's been reviewed. All this stuff is done. Now you're talking about making a sequel. Like, what does that look like? Um, I, bigger. <laughs> much yeah. better um we feel that the the first the first film um has had a lot of success on the uh you know film festival circuit and that was a, a blast we had a great time you know but we also know that there's so much more story to tell um the body farm is so much bigger as far as it's it, it's its own character and it's its own driving force in my opinion and i know nick and i've discussed this many times but originally we both said you know hey let's both write a sequel you write one and i'll write one and we'll go from there well nick i know you you were busy getting your doctorate so nick's you know and i i had nothing but time i ended up with this whole covid situation uh i've had nothing but time to write and i'm like you know what i'll just start writing and then sure enough i ended up getting covid and I finished, oh. I, I finished the script when I had COVID and it was at a time where, and, and anybody that's listening, if they've had COVID yet, I do hope and pray you're okay and that you can get through it. But you do know there is an emotional toll that it takes on you and you have some serious ups and downs with it. And I felt there were times where I was writing where I was in tears, times where I was writing where I was angry and I just kept letting it flow and just kept letting it flow until I finished the script. And I, you know, gave it over to Nick. And of course, Nick's first, you know, reaction is, "Well, you know, we're gonna have to rewrite this, right?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, I know, but can we at least pat me on the back a little bit?" You know? <laughs> it's just a 300-page script. <laughs> what, man? <laughs> you know, like you said, the, the first film was a hundred and some twenty-some page. I don't even know what it was. I have it somewhere, but there are rocket ships in the sequel. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we want—we just want to tell a more a bigger story, and I want to be able to tell this story so that you don't necessarily have to see the first film to jump on board with a sequel. And the sequel does is not necessarily going to be exactly as the first one is. It's not going to be shot the same. It's not. None of that is going to be exact to the first one. So I don't want people to feel like, oh, well, we got to go see this one. I want you to see the first one. Don't get me wrong. But it's one of those movies that it's not even titled Body Farm 2. It's titled Decompose. So that's kind of what I'm going with as far as a sequel is concerned. And and if the ball gets rolling on this sequel, Nick and I obviously will come together and that will be the first step um, in hiring a a full production crew. And, you know, that's putting the cart before the horse at the moment. We got to get people to see this first film and we got to see success from it first. So. Nice. 
So, <laughs> as you know, as I've been talking about the film, there's one aspect of the storyline that that kept tripping me up because, like, I don't really work with anybody that works in like photography or anything, so I don't really know how like a videography company would work. So, like, what ex like KVT is like an independent camera company that just takes film of wedding and weddings and stuff, but they're also trying to do a documentary. Is that kind of what's happening? I go just, for it. Go for it, Nick. <laughs> well, funny funny story about the concept of KVT. Um, that's Brandon's actual company, right? That I that I gathered. <laughs> it was. Again, that comes back to budget. It was free costume for the sweatshirt and free signage in the actual locations. Um, and we, we, we did toss around the idea of changing the production company. We figured, meh, make it part of it. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's Brandon's day-to-day -day life. I have my own small production company that works in conjunction with Brandon and other companies. Um, but Brandon's day-to-day -day job is doing those things and okay. really take the opportunities that are in front of you. If it's a documentary shoot, it's a documentary shoot. If it's and I, you can speak more to what you do day to day, Brandon, but like you're working with the mortuary school, um, <laughs> which is awesome and crazy. Yeah, there's, yeah, there, there's been, um, as far as the, the production company inside of it, the first, the original idea was to shoot the first 12 pages of the film. And I never really thought that it would go outside of that because the plan would be shoot the first 12 pages, edit everything, and then get, you know, use that as a way of trying to get the movie sold or get the money to make the full feature film. So we get to page 12 and Nick looks at me and, and we're done shooting. He goes, well, we can just do this. You know, let's just do this. And all of a sudden Brett Hollibaugh, who's one of the other actors that we used, we were thinking to ourselves, well, Brett, you're just going to keep playing this character and we're going to rewrite some of your lines and it's just going to work. And Brett's like, Okay. All right. So we move forward with it. And here we are now where KVT Productions is seen in the movie and it is a uh, free publicity, I guess you could say for myself. <laughs> I, I didn't really plan it that way. I really didn't, but you know, it's, it's, it's in there. And the plan, you know, was you know, based around a, a team. The original script was a, a team of, of filmmakers that want to go do a documentary on a body farm and sure enough they they get some some footage back and they go and they check it out and that's kind of where it all came from and it was just i had the wardrobe and costume and we had all this signage <laughs> and i said let's just go with it and it, it ended up happening so and there's there's also the point too that in in that industry and i know i've done some work and brandon does done significant more amounts of work in that area but if an opportunity, like if somebody came to him with a tip, like, hey, there's this body farm, why don't you, can you scout it out? That's a believable situation. That's something that could happen. I know for me, at one point, somebody said, hey, this auto manufacturer is looking for some training materials. Why don't you check it out? And literally, it was just a quick tip that I reached out to that turned into a gig for me. Nice. And so it's one of those things that this is believable in terms of, that world and how jobs and things come about. And that's what, that's what I figured was going on, that it was like some kind of like independent, like film, like production group. And I just, sure. I've never worked anywhere near that. So I, I mean, if it was back of the house of a restaurant or something, I got you like, <laughs> you know, I, I would understand it, but like the whole independent, like I go around shooting stuff. That's really a, a cool that sounds like a really cool job, man. <laughs> yeah, I will say, I, 
I get to play every day. I get to shoot different things. I've, as Nick said, I've, I'm actually, I've, I've shot at a mortuary school. Um, it's way, way beyond what I ever thought I would be, you know, using a camcorder for when it comes to, to video production, but it, it's every day is a new day. Um, I real estate listings. We're talking about commercial and corporate videos, commercials. We actually did a commercial in 2019 for a company and it was a bigger, you know, broader scaled commercial, you know, and Nick uh, directed it as well. I actually didn't direct. I, I put that one on Nick and I was just the editor for it, but every day is something interesting and you're always chasing that new opportunity. That's cool, man. Like it, it's interesting to hear, like, you know, you guys have your hustles, you have your jobs, whatever, but like you're passionate across the board is for film like that's that's really really cool man like i i like seeing we have this ethos on our show even if we don't like it you have to respect like the person that put all that effort into it because you're talking about making a movie for like a decade and a half like that's serious business you know like it's not something to scoff at so kudos to you guys for even getting it done man i barely I barely get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> so uh, as we're kind of wrapping up, like we're getting towards the, the end of my time, uh, how can uh, people find you guys so that, you know, they can keep up to date on sequels or any other movies that you guys are working on, any other projects you're working on? Sure. Nick, you want to go? Yeah. I mean, ultimately to follow us, uh, we do have a Facebook, we have a Twitter, uh, Body Farm Movie uh, on both. Uh, I think Facebook is Body Farm the movie, um, and then BodyFarmMovie.com is, is our website. Uh, there's all the information. There's a whole bunch of behind the scenes videos, their photos, their cast interviews, crew interviews, um, all kinds of extra goodies on the website itself. You can click the links to view it at the different streaming sites. Uh, check those out, um, and that's that's where we're at. I know Brandon's putting a ton of effort into seeing where this sequel can go. Um, so he can probably speak more towards that as far as me. I'm just in the feeling out stage. Uh, we did a little short film in the fall together as a small pro. We brought the body farm team back together for a little short <laughs> film uh, just to have some fun. But for me, it's taking things as I go. I got a second baby on the way and I just finished Ooh, up a doctorate. Yeah. So my time's going to be taken up here in about <laughs> a month and a half. That's that's crazy. I have four kids and definitely don't have a doctorate. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As far as uh, as far as the movie, you know, you can catch us on Amazon, Microsoft, Google Play, uh, Apple TV, Xfinity, Comcast. If you have that, and um, you know, feel free to reach out to us again. Uh, Twitter is at Body Farm. Um, I think Twitter's at Body Farm Movie, and Facebook is Body Farm the Movie. And again, yeah, like Nick said, bodyfarmmovie.com and feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we're on Instagram as well. My company's on Instagram, which is just at KVT productions, another free plug there. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we're, uh, we're, we're willing to talk with other filmmakers, talk to people that want to talk about movies and horror films. And we've had a chance to, you know, get our feet wet. It's fun. It's awesome. I hope one day we can, you know, d- continue to do that for a living one day and, and be able to, to look, you know, at, at the future and say, wow, you know, I've made not one film, but, you know, 25 films or 30. Right. Films. And, you know, I can look back on and say I've learned from every single one of them. So, yeah. And I mean, this is our passion. If, if you look, this, this whole shelf is literally, there's about five shelves of filmmaking and filmmaker books. That's it's awesome. just what we do. Uh, and, and that's, that's our passion and we want to keep doing it. So hopefully we get that chance. I hope you do too. You guys, I really did enjoy the movie. Like 
Juan said I was mean. I don't feel like I was mean. I just feel like I was fair. <laughs> so we're, we're very fair, and it was it was it was nice to hear yeah. you know your thoughts on it. It was it was great. I yeah, it. I, I it was definitely fair. But I definitely enjoyed it, and I cannot wait to see what you guys do next. So thank you so much for being on the show, guys. We really appreciate your time. And, hey, if you ever have a project on coming up, anything, let us know. We'd love to have you on again. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and YouTube for behind-the-scenes information and more content! Thinking Outside the Long Box is a barren space production! <laughs>